How's it going, coaches? Welcome to the KYPD podcast, the podcast. We make a big deal out of the defensive line. And this is episode number 121. Whether you're in State College, Pennsylvania, Tarzana, California, Albertville, Alabama, or you listen right here in the great state of Texas, thank you for checking us out today on this Super Bowl week as we all gear up for the matchup between the Bengals and the Rams. Okay, I'm taking the Rams, who are, I believe, at this point, four-point favorites over the Bengals, but I think I'm going to be pulling for the Bengals. If my team isn't playing, I typically pull for the underdog, so I'm expecting the Rams to win and to cover, but pulling for the Bengals, really just hoping for a great game. More important than the game, probably, I, I want to know what you guys are doing in terms of food for Sunday's game. You know, whether you got some wings, uh, brats, smoked queso is your thing. Uh, I want to know what you're cooking up for Sunday. So look out for a tweet coming from our podcast account on Sunday, and I want to see what you got going on. So I know we have some grill masters out there who are going to be throwing down. So get ready to share some pictures of your Super Bowl spread with us and our followers on Twitter. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. Now, it was a big week for us coaches here in Texas this past week. Uh, we had realignment this week, which means uh, how it works is, is every two years, the UIL, which is the governing body for extracurricular activities here uh, in the state, adjust the classifications and regions and districts that high schools play in based on their enrollment numbers and all of our schedules reset. And so it's kind of a scramble to get your schedule set, get your, your non-district schedule set, kind of like your preseason schedule. So it was an exciting week for all of us down here. And now you're starting to see everyone post their 2022 schedules with these awesome looking graphics. And maybe you're wondering, how did they do that? Well, many coaches are turning to our friends that go at it graphics to promote the exciting things going on in their programs, like a brand new schedule. Go at it graphics allows any coach to create custom graphics in minutes by changing the colors, text, and images to make it their own. They offer categories like game day, scoring, player profiles, and communication, to name a few. The platform is easy, it's affordable, and no design skills are needed. Go at it graphics is a great way to showcase all your sports and athletes, and subscriptions are for 12 months and include unlimited graphics. And in fact, they've added some really sharp looking new templates this year that you'll want to check out. And just like last season, mention keep your pads down when you're ordering and receive $25 off your showcase yearly package. Highlight your athletes with custom made graphics in less than two minutes with Go Edit Graphics. Our next sponsor that we're glad to be working with again this season is our guys at Our Coaching Network. Our Coaching Network is a new football coaching platform connecting coaches from all levels and helping them get better every week. Our Coaching Network has live clinics going off usually a couple nights a week, and we'll have hours of high quality live coaching clinics this year with each week's clinics added to a library that could be referred back to at any time in the future. This week on the network, they hosted an O-line clinic last night with University of Arkansas quality control coach Arthur Ray talking uh, O-line play. Tonight at 7 p.m. Central, you can get uh, some defensive talk with what they call GA talks uh, that usually feature GAs from across the country. Uh, tonight is, is Luke Butera, defensive GA at Marist College, and Garrett Myers, defensive GA at Northern Illinois. So get on over there, create your account today. Subscriptions are super affordable, and you can cancel at any time, so there's no pressure. Start connecting with and learning from coaches all across the country today with our coaching network. So today we're talking with Coach Demerick Gary, who's a defensive line graduate assistant coach at the University of Houston. Coach Gary just arrived on campus at U of H earlier last month after spending the 2021 season at the University of Arkansas, where he served as a defensive GA for the Hogs in a year that saw the Razorback experience one of the most impressive turnarounds in the nation and, and go from a three and seven record in 2020 to a nine and four record uh, in 2021 capped off with a win over Penn state in the Outback bowl. Coach Gary is from Dallas, Texas, where he attended Dallas Kimball high school 
and was a three-star prospect before signing on to play defensive tackle at SMU, where he was a four-year letterman for the Mustangs. Coach Gary spent one season coaching high school ball in his hometown after he graduated before getting on at the University of Arkansas the next season. Today, Coach Gary and I are talking about coaching pass rush and what he learned about coaching pass rush and football in general from guys he's grown up under in the profession, including uh, Buddy White and Randall Joyner, who were his position coaches at SMU, Jermail Ashley and Barry Odom at Arkansas, and Coach Brian Early and Archie McDaniel at the University of Houston. Coach Gary gives us some great low-impact drills that you can do with your guys to work pass rush year-round. And then we close out the episode with Coach Gary giving me some music recommendations to spice up my off-season playlist. I think it's already pretty good, but I guess it can always get better. So Coach Gary helps me out with that. Anyway, a lot of great stuff on deck today, so let's get to it. Here is Coach Demerick Gary on episode number 121 of KYPD. Coach Gary, it's uh, it's awesome to have you on the podcast tonight and get ready to talk a little football. Thank you so much for joining us. No doubt, man. Glad to be here. Blessed to be here. Uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, well, and I know these these last few uh, weeks have been sort of a whirlwind for you, uh, taking a new gig now, uh, moving from from Fayetteville down to uh, to Houston, uh, there in your new role there at the University of Houston, and it's been an exciting last few years for you for sure. And we're going to dive into that today, but first. You know, let's 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 take it back to the beginning. You're a you're you're a Dallas guy, um, a DISD kid, and uh, grew up there. Played high school ball there, and then actually played your college ball there. So let's let's begin by talking a little bit about your background and your journey through football up to this point. Oh man, so I, I kind of got introduced to to football at a at a really early age. My my uh, my uncles and my family kind of kind of that's what we do on Sundays. We watch. You know the Cowboys, and on Saturdays we're at the Little League football at the Little League football field all day. So uh, my uncles they own the football team, have done it. My family have done it for years um, before I was even born. And so I remember uh, being a uh, mascot for for my uncle team because I was too young to play. Before I could play flag, I was about three or four, and uh, and I would just put on the whole uniform and I would be leading the team out and everything. And, um, man, that I, I, I'll never forget those times, man. So my, my uncle Terry, he's, a, you know, he's one of the people who's really introduced me to football. He's, he's always been like, you know, obviously he's my uncle, but he's always still in my life been a been a mentor to me, a guy I talk to about my decisions in life in general. Um, but but I end up I, I end up you know playing little league football until I got too big to play uh, Pop Warner. I end up playing for Deion Sanders um, Troop League. Uh, their first year, we were a really good football team. I ended up playing middle school ball and went to high school at Justin F. Kim High School in, in Dallas in the Oak Cliff area. Uh, played there four years, All-State. Played the USA game uh, for the national team. Played with guys like Nicole uh, uh, Hardeman and uh, Dwayne Haskins, some guys like that. Um, and my senior year, um, then went on to play at SMU. I, I, had a, uh, I had about 10 to 12 offers coming out of high school. Um, I had a really, really good uh, high school career and, uh, you know, chose to play at SMU uh, and, and had a really good, really good four years there. Um, I, w- I was a captain all f- pretty much all four years. 
I was uh, I was a four year letterman at SMU. I was a starter pretty much three years of my three years of my career. Uh, played defensive end, defensive tackle, played nose tackle. Uh, was under some really really great really great uh, D line coaches. Coach Randall Joyner, who's my mentor right now, uh, Buddy Wide, and uh, Greg Dearson, some some really great guys that um, I all get some coaching coaching style from in some sort of way. And uh, and man, yeah, kind of that's been kind of my journey playing. I, my my career got cut short with COVID. Um, it seemed like it was a long time ago, but it really wasn't. Um, I didn't get to do pro day because of COVID and everything. And so I knew coaching was my passion. I knew it's something I wanted to do. I've been around, like I said, my uncle. Um, you know, that's that's my family. All of the all of the, the guys are pretty much football coaches. Um, it's in my blood to do football. It's in my blood. My mama loves football. Uh, and then you know, obviously been around guys like Coach Randall Joyner and. Um, and then my high school head coach, Coach Carson Nelson, which are, are three really influential people in my in my coaching journey and, and a part of why I coach. And so uh, that's kind of my, my football journey and kind of how, how I got here um, to coaching. What was it about coaching football that drew you to that and, and made you choose that as a profession? Like, what was it specifically? Oh, man, you know, my philosophy and, and the reason why I coach is uh, – to impact, to, to inspire, to invest in, in, in the lives of young men through the game of football. And I've seen, I've seen my uncle do that. I've seen my uncle do that for, for little kids, little bitty kids, right? It's kids that still know it to this day. Um, I've seen my coach, my high school coach, Coach Carson Nelson, do it. I mean, when you coach in the inner city, um, you deal with a lot more things in football. I mean, I, I mean I've, I've heard stories about, you know, him having to go get, Kids, where when their when their mamas and daddies had went to jail the night, and he had to go pick them up from home, and all these different things. So I carry those different things into my coaching style of why I coach, man. And I and I, I obviously I'm, I'm coaching at the collegiate level, um, and you're dealing with a different beast. You're dealing with young men trying to grow and and become become adults in this life. And so I really take pride in what I do because. At this point, I was just in their shoes not too long ago. And I know when when, when you're not guaranteed the league, um, life is is next and life comes fast and life is not always nice to you. And so <clears throat> I take true pride in, in what I do. And, um, you know, obviously, man, I, I had a really great D-line coach, um, Coach Randall Joyner, who, who really kind of showed me the ropes of, of men at the collegiate level. Um, of how to be a coach, but also to being a great friend um, once this game is over. You've always been there for me. I've always been an uh, aiding ear for me through this journey. Um, when, I, when I literally didn't know what I was going to do when I, when I, after I got drafted. I mean, after I didn't get drafted and, and all, the, all the COVID stuff happened. I mean, he was a guy that I could literally call on and just kind of ask questions to. Um, and, still, and it's still like that to this day. So, um, man. You know, like, you know, everybody have a story, but then I always think back on my journey and, and think, man, what a journey is. It's just been in in two years, two and a half years. And so going on three. So, man, I'm, I'm super excited about where I'm at and where I'm headed. So you spent this last uh, season uh, at the University of Arkansas and really got to experience a, an unbelievable season there in Fayetteville with the turnaround uh, under Coach Pittman. Uh, talk to us about how you got that job, and like you know, I know you started out the, at a, at a high school there uh, in the Dallas area, and then and then made the jump to Fayetteville. What was that like, and and how did you do that? 
Uh, how, how'd you latch on there? Sure. Um, so, man, it, I went to a, uh, a um, kind of a, a deal that I went to my junior year, and I, and I really wasn't supposed to go my my senior year. It's called the Black Student Athlete Summit um, that they hold off in Austin. And, and I knew a guy named uh, Coach Aaron Fletcher. He just got the DB job at, at Arizona State. And um, he was a guy who coached high school ball and everything. You know, I kind of had a conversation with him my senior year in, uh, um, of, of college. And I just told him, you know, I wanted to coach. And you know, he just kind of told me to stay in touch. He recruited me in high school, so I always had that kind of relationship with him. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, I, I got hooked up and ended up doing high school ball. My, the, a coach that's on this U of A staff, Coach Arch McDaniels, who's another mentor for me, um, he coached me in high school. I mean, he coached me in college as well. Um, you know, he told me to go coach high school ball for a year. You know, get some coaching under your belt. Um, and, you know, he told me to learn some things. And, and, man, I took his advice, and I'm glad I took his advice when he coached high school ball. And so, man, I just stayed in touch with, 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 coach, with coach Fletcher and a lot of coaches. And so I knew, you know, after one year in high school, I knew man, I, my calling and what God wanted for me was something, I wouldn't say bigger, but something more. And so another challenge. And so I went on and, and, and I reached out to pretty much everybody I knew that was in college. And, uh, you know, Coach Fletcher, he got me connected with Coach Ashley. Um, and I, I kind of didn't hear anything back from him for a minute. And uh, I was actually about to head to the University of Illinois uh, for an opportunity, but I, I couldn't get into school. Right? So I'm, and, and one thing I'm going to always do is be transparent about everything that I've been through in my journey because I think it helps somebody else. Um, but I didn't get into school. So I didn't, I was kind of like, I had my shot and I kind of, it didn't happen for me. And so literally that same day that I got um, declined from school, uh, Coach Ashley called me and he gave me an opportunity, man. And I, and I just, you know, I give all that credit to God and how God works and how, how things unfold for you. And so, uh, you know, I got that opportunity, man, and, and it, it was a, a really great, Great year. I learned a lot from, you know, guys like Coach Odom, you know, who's really respected in this game. And I, I have a lot of respect for him. Um, and Coach Pittman and even Coach Ashley. And so that and that whole defense staff, that whole entire staff um, is full of greatness. And, and you know, but I, I credit it to those players who, who grind it out. I mean, those, those players, they, they love playing for each other. They love playing for Coach Pittman. And, uh, man, you know, what, what a year it was. And so I, I was just so – I was so grateful, man, just to be a part of it. Yeah, you've mentioned uh, a couple coaches that that I want to bring up really quick. You, first of sure. all, you talked about Coach Joyner, who we're going to talk about him a lot uh, in this podcast. He's sort of a celebrity uh, with the guys who, who listen to this podcast. A lot of us got to hear him speak last summer at coaching school, Texas Coaching School, and I know a lot of people enjoyed yeah. his his presentation on pass rush. And but he's also he was also uh, on this podcast when he was at SMU. And then uh, one for me is, is you just mentioned is Coach McDaniel, who's now there at Houston with you. I, I, I coached linebackers for the first time this year at, at our school over here. And I bet I watched his video from when he was at Texas State. He did a, 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 did a Glacier Clinic. Uh, I think it was via Zoom during the quarantine. Uh, it's like an hour and a half long on linebacker play. And I watched that no less than a dozen times this year um, using his terminology and his drills. So, um, a lot of the stuff that I do with, with our linebackers here comes from comes from Coach McDaniel. So going back one more time to this this past season, going into that season, did you guys have an idea that you could be pretty good? 
or was that one of those things, you know, you beat Texas and you kind of get on a roll and surprised even yourselves, or did y'all all know all along that you could be pretty good? Well, no, you know, Coach Pitt always kind of said it. He said, you know, when we beat Texas, obviously we had two, I believe we had two games before we played Texas. I can't remember that far back. But, you know, when we beat Texas, Coach Pitt said nobody in this building was surprised about what we did. Nobody in the building was surprised about what we did against Texas. Um, it, it came with belief, but I got there in July, I believe. I got there in July, and uh, and I knew it was it was different. It wasn't what I it wasn't what I thought it was, you know. And what I what I mean by what I thought it was because obviously two years before um, I got there, um, coach obviously Coach Morris was there, right? He was my head coach in, in college before Coach Dykes, and so the things that I had heard about what the program, how the program was going, I because of Coach Morris or anything. But just me being a former player, I, I obviously caught, uh, stayed up with Arkansas. So um, it was something totally different. I seen the kind of the different hunger in, in these guys' eyes, and that's why I said it's a, a credit to, to those players, man. They they were hungry for more. They were hungry for for a change, you know, in Arkansas, and, and not just for this year. You know, I, I think those guys are going to do a really great job uh, in the years to come. And so – but the thing is, um, you know, Coach Pitt does a really good job um, and his players want to play for him. And and when it comes to taking care of his guys, when it comes to just making sure that they are, that they're fresh on Saturdays and that they're put in the best position, he does that. He does a great job at that. And, and Coach Odom as well. Does a, you know, the whole defensive staff and the whole offensive staff and Coach Pitt as a collective group Everybody in that building does everything to make sure that those guys are in great position, great um, headspace, and in a great deal to make sure that they are ready to go on Saturdays. And so, uh, you know, that, that was the kind, that was the thing that I saw, and I and I knew guys were ready to go every day. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it was just my job to 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 hold them to that standard of what they had already set. And so that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that I just you know tried to bring. Um, to Arkansas in my role there. And so now you're at the University of Houston. Uh, what's it like being back in your home state and coaching ball in your home state of Texas? Oh, man, it's, it's, I'm, I'm super excited. You know, um, you know, I get to be around some really great, more great minds, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, get to be around, like you said, Coach McDaniel, who's, who I've seen even as a younger coach be, be as great as he is. Um, and I have, a, I have a lot of respect for for what he does, how he operates. Um, and then, you know, obviously Coach Early, he's one of the best guys in the country. You know, he is, you know, and, and, and things that he teach and, and how he just operates. Um, I respect a lot in this game. And, and, you know, just me being a defensive lineman, you know, it's crazy because Coach Early recruited me. And, uh, you know, it was down to them and SMU when he was at Arkansas State. Um, he was a guy that I, you know, or holly about playing for and um you know we've always that's that just goes to show what kind of man he is you know we've always kept a, a great relationship over the years you know even when i was playing SMU, you know what i'm saying and so um and i, I respect him for that and even when i got into coaching um I, we, we we definitely kept a relationship i asked him questions and all those type of things and so that's that's kind of you know that was kind of the deal just kind of no, I'm, I'm super excited about being home close to 
you know, I'm from Dallas, not far from home. My mom and, and people and my girlfriend and stuff get to come down and see me coach and, and be a part, be a part of, you know, this journey at, at U of H. And so um, get to recruit Texas, you know, let boys know it's, it's a good thing to come and stay home um, in the state of Texas. So, man, I'm super, super excited to be around guys like Coach McDaniel, Coach Bell, Coach Early, and even Coach Holgerson and, and everybody on this staff. I think it's a really great staff here at U of H. And, uh, man, I'm super, super excited and super blessed. Now, one thing I've heard you talk about, and, and it sounds like it's been really uh, crucial uh, for you in your your career up to this point is, you know, uh, you've made connections, whether it was with coaches who recruited you or coaches who uh, you were around early on uh, as you were trying to break into coaching. And it sounds like those connections have really paid off for you and helping you get, you know, uh, maybe the job at Arkansas and then making this move to Houston, you know, at each stop. It sounds like you know you had a connection, like I said, with Coach Early, with Coach McDaniel, uh, with Coach Ashley, and and each one of those con- connections paid off for you. So we all know in coaching that it's not always what you know, it's who you know. So what advice would you give on uh, to coaches about making connections and then keeping in touch with those coaches and can keep and keeping those connections strong? Um, I I, I would just say kind of like coach. Coach uh, Julian Griffin, the, the running back coach called Jeeba from UTSA, um, you know, one thing he always just kind of told me, he's, he's like a big brother to me too. And he just said, man, everything is just genuine. And it's no, for me, it's never been a, any kind of fake thing. And I think a lot of guys fall into that, um, just kind of reaching out to people and, and, you know, trying to build these relationships, but it's not genuine. And so that's the first thing, man, just be genuine about who you are. Be genuine about what your intentions are and be genuine about what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish and be consistent at that. And so if it's, if it's nothing but a, if it's nothing but a, you know, just checking on you, coach, not, you don't have to be super extreme, you know, it's just, just being genuine about who you are and making those connections. And so, and then also too, I, I think I was talking to my mom the other day and I think, you know, obviously said it's not what you know, it's who you know. I would take it another step. It's not, I think in this business, honestly, it's not even about who knows you. I think it is about, I think it's about, it is a guy willing to stand on the table and give you an opportunity. Um, and in order to do that, you have to do a good job for where you were previously. And so I take pride in that. Um, something that Coach Ron always put in my mind, every day is your resume, right? Every, every day that you, every day that you walk into a building, every day that you step foot into a building, Every day is your resume and everything that you do, how you talk to people, how you move, how you, you know, in this concept, how you recruit, how you operate on the field, how you interact with people, how you interact with the boys. Every day is your resume. So I take true pride in every single thing that I do. And so, um, you know, as far as advice goes, just be genuine, be who you are. I learned, I just, that was one of the biggest things that I've learned over the, over the year that I, well, the few months I was at Arkansas, but even when I was in high school, just be who you are. Um, I think it's hard being somebody that you're not. I think it's much harder being somebody that you're not in this business because it'll catch up to you because the real you will pop out. And so that's that's something. Just be genuine, be who you are, and, and at the end of the day, just work hard and, and do your job and, and everything else. I believe you know will take care of itself in, in this business, honestly. Yeah, that's great advice, and and that's um, you know awesome that as a as a young coach, you you obviously understand that concept so well, and 
you know, especially for younger coaches, it's sometimes difficult to, to understand that the relationships, genuine relationships, like the kind you're talking about, take time sure. and, and, and it's not going to happen overnight. And uh, if you do get into it with, with, you know, ulterior motives or selfish reasons, like you said, that's going to be, that's going to be apparent and, uh, and, and you're not going to, you, you're not going to be successful in building those relationships. Um, well, let's, yeah. let's, let, let's talk about some pass rush today. We're talking pass rush and, and just defensive line play in general, but specifically going to, going to hone in on some pass rush. Uh, okay. We, we, we're going to, I'm going to mention coach Joyner's name again for the 50th <laughs> time already. We're, we're 15 minutes into this thing. You played for him uh, at, at SMU. How much of your pass rush philosophy as a coach is based on things you learned from him and, and really, you know, how much, you know, where else, who else did you draw from uh, when you, you know, started to put together sort of your, your philosophy for, for coaching pass rush uh, as a coach? Um, when it comes to, when it comes to pass rush, uh, I would say uh, a good big comes from Junior. I think, you know, it's, it's a guy I talk to about a lot of stuff, but also too, being coach early, you know, one thing that a lot of people don't realize when Coach Early had a guy, um, Javon, who was at Arkansas State, who was a really good friend of mine, um, who led the entire nation in sacks, right? And holds, I, I believe he holds a, a, like a top 10 record right now. Um, you know, so this, this Coach Early, been, he's been doing it for a minute. And even, even Jordan talked about, you know, him learning from, from Early as well. And also, too, obviously, Joyner, Coach Early, and then um, man, Coach Larry Johnson, I think he's, he's, he's elite. That was Joyner's. That's Joyner's uh, mentor and the guy that he worked for. And so, um, man, I, I, I just try to sit back and listen, man, and try to learn as much as I can and then throw my own little sauce in it, too. Throw my own little pers- uh, um, uh, terminology in it and everything. And so some things that I've kind of learned from Joyner when it comes to pass rush, um, and just, you know, some things he talked and he talks about is, you know, the pass rush is, is, is broken down into three things, I believe in. It's, that's the approach, that's the move, and then the finish. And so the approach is, which a lot of guys don't realize, is what's the situation? Down the distance, what's my alignment? How is my stance? Um, those type of things, my get off, those, that's the approach, right? The move, obviously, move. My footwork, my hands, my eyes, all right? I think the eyes is a really key part, something that people don't really harp on. I think as a coach, I harp on that a lot. And, you know, some people do, some people don't as much. I harp on eyes a lot, right? You got to have really good eye discipline, especially in passwords, because you got to see the hands. I think it's really big. But, again, when it comes to the move, footwork, hands, eyes, and then your hips. Getting those hips turned around, getting that foot towards the quarterback. All right, and then the last one is the finish, all right? So that's the burst, that's the finish, that's the reach, all right? I want to change the game. I talk about, you know, I talk about it all the time and uh, talking about the D-lineman changing the game, right? You think about um, in this last week's game, when Von Miller comes around the edge, comes the strip sack. That's D-lineman changing the game. So that's something that I speak on, harp on, um, until it's a belief in that player, right? I talk about D-lineman changing the game all the time talking about the reach, the finish, every little detail matters in pass rush. Every little bit of detail matters in pass rush. You don't have enough time to, to make false moves, make false steps, to not, you know, be at your best in pass rush. Talk about transitioning into moves. Talk about going to, from one move to the next move. Um, but the finish is detail. That's why, you know, Jordan talks about a lot of times, talk about the, the difference between a sack and a pressure, right? The difference between a sack and a pressure is the finish. 
right? The difference between the sack and the pressure is you burst into the quarterback or when you make your move and you get past the alarming, if you're not taking that full stride, that full burst to the quarterback, um, you know, that's the that's the most important part of it is the finish, reach and change in the game as a D-line. You made a great point there talking about how, of course, a lot of what you uh, do is a, is a, you know, when coaching pass rush comes from the guys that you've been around. Um, and I think that's extremely uh, an important uh, point to make when, as young coaches, we are developing our own coaching progression or coaching terminology methods, you know, even for us older coaches, you know, I'm going to a clinic this weekend and I'm going to hear some great stuff, but I can't just go and copy and paste that coach's stuff into my, sure. into my uh, plan. I had to put my own spin on it and it, because I'm not, I can't be Demrick Gary. I can't be Randall Joyner. I can't be Larry Johnson. I have to be me. Sure. And, and I think that's really important that you can still teach it the same way, but you do have, like you said, I had to maybe add your own sauce to it or put your own personality. I'm just curious with the stuff that you're talking about, you know, with the approach, with the move, with the finish, that whole progression, what ways have you added your own sauce to it or maybe allowed kind of your own uh, personality to shine through when it comes to that pass rush progression? So just talking, just going back to what I said about, about changing the game, I truly believe that the finish is a big part, but also to the, the, the moves, right? So we're talking about the different move transitioning to one transitioning from one move to the next move, right? So if I go in I'm, and I'm going sizes, I'm going double swipe, I'm trying to get the hands say if I miss, right? If I miss, I'm going right into the long one. If I miss with the long one, or if I do get long one and the guy sit down on me, now I'm going into the cup, right? Now I'm going to the cup to where I can cup the elbow with my outside hand. And then by this time, hopefully I'm past the court, I'm, I'm past the, the offensive lineman. Now I'm wiping over and then again going back into that finish and I'm reaching. So I want to, my biggest thing as a D line coach, I want to put my guys in the best position to where we're not stopping in the rush. You see that a lot of times. You see it when you watch pass rush, you see a lot of guys stop in the middle of the rush, right? And why do guys stop in the middle of the rush? Because they don't know how to transition from one move to the next move to the next move, stay active, stay active with their hands, stay active with their feet, um, keeping their hands moving, keep. Every little detail that they, I want, I want guys to have relentless hunger to the quarterback every single time, no matter, no matter the situation, no matter the rush. I want guys to go transition from one move to the next move to the next move, so that we can obviously, so we can get to the quarterback. And I'll talk a little bit about why transitioning from one move to the next move into the next move is important uh, when it comes to running quarterbacks, when it comes to making quarterbacks feel uncomfortable all those things, that's why it is important to continuously keep rushing and not just stop and look. A lot of times, guys get their eyes into the backfield, going back to the opposite, right? Going back to the, the to, to the move, right? A lot of guys, once they stop and rush, they get, the, they get the looking with their eyes, right? And so when they're looking with their eyes, they don't realize that the old lineman is just blocking. You're his priority right there, right? You're, you're, you're his priority in that moment right now. He, he's not worried about anything else. He's worried about blocking you from the quarterback quarterback so a lot of times a lot of guys have really bad eye discipline and so i want to really try to harp in and teach and teach that hey we have to keep our eyes on our man because again this is like i was saying you beat the hands you beat the man right and so if i beat the man i get to where i'm trying to go i get to where the prize is but i have to beat the man that's in front of me so those are a couple of things that for me you know i personally feel is important that i harp on and i try to really get into 
really get my guys to understand that this is important. The move is important, but also the details within the move is important. The details within the finish is important. How do I make that finish? How do I be crisp and detailed on my finish? Is I be detailed with the things that's within the finish, within the move. Well, okay, so when uh, when you get a kid on campus, and obviously you, you just got to, to campus there yourself uh, at Houston, sure. so this is looking on down the road or maybe even thinking back to this past season. When you get a kid on campus and you first begin working pass rush with him, uh, where do you start? Because I'm sure, you know, you get guys kind of at all different uh, different stages. Some have been really coached up uh, on, on, on rushing the passer. Some are just athletic kids that just know how to run around, you know, bend an edge and run to the quarterback. Some have no idea. So where do you start with those guys when you get them on campus when it comes to coaching pass rush? All right, so I want to – the biggest thing is going back to what's number one on, on, on the on pass rush and the approach, right? So we're talking about situations, we're talking about alignments, talk about stance, we're talking about get off. So get off is going to be the most, I think, is, is a really huge, important thing. A lot of guys are athletic, especially kids, right? You get an end who's athletic that can run, great. But now I want to transform that athletic kid, that athletic guy who can run. I, I say we run a four seven. He's a he's a fast guy. He can run off the edge. But I want to teach him how to how to how to his, his alignment, his angles, right? His situation, his stands, right? The stagger on the stagger of his feet, right? The little details within the get off. So people think get off. When they think get off, they just think, okay, I'm here with a ball stick, and I'm just you know, and the guy just running off the ball. All right. When I think get off, I think that's the most one of the most important things when it comes to pass rush. You don't have a get off. All the other stuff, the finish, the move, all the double spike, the long warm up, that doesn't matter if you don't have a great get off. Right. So I want to teach a guy how to how to be really efficient with his get off. And so we start, and I did this even in high school. We thought we start with the little bitty low hurdles, right? The, the little green hurdles, and in the drill I do where guys start start down on his knee on his one knee. And now we just focus on like like track shin angles. Because I want to teach a guy whether it's a three-point stance or a two-point stance, right? I want to get those shin angles towards the quarterback. I want to have my pad level low. If I'm in a two-point stance or a three-point stance, I want to teach the guy to have the knee over the toe. I want to teach the guy to be in a great stagger stance, to push off his front foot to now where I'm having a great first step. So how we kind of how I kind of do the progression of the get off is. First, we start on the knee with the, with the low hurdles, right? So I have one foot. Um, I wish I had some film to show. Um, we have one foot in front of the hurdle, and then you have the, the, the knee down behind the hurdle, right? And so so a lot of guys think that I'm pushing over with my chest, but I want to teach a guy to push forward with his hips because you think you do you do power clean, you do squats, you do everything out of your hips. And then when you get out there, you want to do everything you want to lower your chest. I want, I want to teach guys how to how to go from this, and I learned this from Coach Koskazadi, my strength coach, how to use your weight room stuff into your football stuff, right? I want to make it all translate together. And so, you know, I want to see Scott to push those hips forward, push those hips forward, and now training myself to get that knee over toe so now I can really push off of, off of my front foot, right? And now thrusting those hips forward, showing a great stance, now I'm really pushing off. So we'll do We'll go right knee down, left knee down, all right? And then we'll come back and we'll do three-point stands. Same thing. Now my hand is over the hurdle, and I'm in a regular stance. It's just that the, the, the hurdle is in between my hand and my feet, obviously. 
And so now what that's doing, this is the same approach, but now I want to teach the guy to come out those steps, the same push out those steps, and I want to teach the guy to get a, a great first step, great, great first step. I want to try to, I want to try to replace my down hand with that, with that great first step. And I want to really push, really reach. And now, now I'm really practicing on, on working the angle, cutting the edge, all those details. But now we gotta, we gotta really push off that front foot coming off, and all the details in between. Now we're working on the right, really, really great get off. So, and, and if you got a guy who's, who's in a in a two point stance, he can do the same exact thing in a two point stance. That front foot is over the over the, the hurdle, and that and that back foot is back. And you're still practicing on pushing off the front foot, bringing that back foot over a really great first step and so when it so again the, the main important thing for me is to get off the approach the stands the shin angles how, you know the stagger of the feet you know when you get a on campus you don't want to just teach oh we're going to start with hands but that don't matter because i want to work from the ground up right so come on i was talking about working from the ground up that's the because again you don't have a great get off you have a great stance right that's what this run pad whatever it is that get off and that stance is, is highly important every single snap. And so I want to get it to a point where this is, is locked into, into this kid's mind. Every snap, I have to have a great stance. I have to have a great get off. No matter what the situation is, I have a great stance. I have a great get off. And that goes back to the approach. Okay, so now when we when we get into the approach, I know that um, I know that Coach Joyner uh, talks a lot about and, and uh, you know, puts a high emphasis on, on their alignment and there's different types of alignments. And as you were talking there, I'm trying to pull up my notes from his conver from our conversation. Sure. I, I, normally I, I write them down, but I'm, I'm, we're, we're in a new year, a new season. So I have a, I have a brand new book here. So his notes aren't in this one. Um, but talk about your alignment, because I know that's, that's something that's, that's big for you and, and you're how those guys align, um, you know, based on situations and things like that. So talk about your alignment. Sure. Um, so if, if I'm a if I'm a defensive end, right, in this casual situation, it's third down, um, it's just say third and long, right? We know it's a bad, we know it's a bad situation. And so I wanna if I'm a defensive end, I wanna be about two, I wanna be about two yards out and we and, and call it a power tilt. So I wanna be just tilted a little bit so I can attack. I wanna attack the third of the man. A lot of people say attack half of the man, but if it's if, if I have a number on my jersey, I wanna attack half of that number. So if no, if this number if this number seventy. I want to attack half of that zero. I don't want to attack the zero. I want to attack half of that zero. Because when that guy shoots his hands, I want to cut the distance. Talk about cutting cutting that zero in half. I want to cut the distance. I want to cut cut that man short. To now, when I cut him, when I cut it down, when I throw my hands, whether it's long arm, whether it's, it's side scissors, whether it's cross chop, now I'm cutting the edge down. If I'm, if I'm cutting down half of that zero, right? If the number is 70, I'm cutting half of the zero. I'm working, I'm working a third of them. Man, okay, and so, <clears throat> so again, I'm two yards outside, I'm kind of power tilted, right? So that's for a defensive for a defensive tackle, right? It's not a lot of space, right? So it's not, it's not a lot of space in there. So what I want to still do though, I want to widen out. I don't want to be, I want to be about a yard outside of his foot. That's 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 about what I want to be. I want to be about a yard outside of his foot, and I'll still, and if, if I'm if I'm a kind of a tweener kind of guy like a. Uh, like an Ed Oliver in, in, in U of H, right? He was playing. If I can get off the rock, that if I can get off the rock, and I can and, and really get engaged with him, and, and I'm really a finesse type of guy, I can get my yard outside his foot, and I can tilt just a little bit, not as much as my, not as much as the end, but I can tilt just a little bit as a, as a three technique, right? And so, 
Um, I kind of some, some different things again for the three technique. I wanted to I'm gonna, I want to try to teach two things probably possibly, um, and then obviously you add to that toolbox. But for in I want to go power right now, so I'm going power right inside so I can really try to stop the stop feet because what that power move does it opens up more space for me, right? So when I go power and then I can come back to speed, right now I can throw hands. Now I can go maybe to a long arm cross chop and that's creating that space because my end, he's already done a good job because again, he's two yards outside power tilting. He's making that offensive line and kick now. So I already have a little bit of space. Now I want to put that offensive guard in an even worse situation, right? And so a, a lot of offensive line, they don't want space. They want to start. That's why you see a lot of offensive guards kick out at you or jump set you because they they are afraid of space. So if I if I get about a yard outside of them and tilt and I go power move, make him think I'm going inside, make him stop his feet. Those are the unathletic offensive linemen. Make him stop his feet. So if I go jab instead, a lot of guys I say power, but a lot of guys go jab first. You know, I'm just using terminology wise, jab first and then come back out. Now I've created that space. I've created that space in that in that in that B gap to where when I come back outside and I throw hands, he's giving me hands because now I'm attacking him. When I come out, I'm not I'm gaining ground on my next step. When I when I go power and I come back to speed, I'm gaining ground on my first step. Right? And so when I gain ground in that first step, I'm hoping that he give me hands. If he don't give me hands and he's one of those spaces guys keep me hand down, I'm going right now into into a long arm and I'm attacking with my thumb up right inside his chest. And I'm and and, and now he had he had he didn't have one choice. He can sit it down and give me his. Now he going to give me his outside hand. I can go in club, right? Or he can just ride it, ride the ride the rodeo and get on his heels, and I can go long arm and just press the pocket as a three tech. So, and then also too, I can go speed. So now I take that vertical set, but with the speed, what I want to do is I want to kind of straighten up my alignment to make him think I'm going super vertical, right? I want to kind of straighten my alignment up. I'm going hard step now, speed, speed. Now I can go power and then come back to speed as a three take, but it happens faster than that E, right? So those are kind of my those are kind of my things for for a three take. When it comes to end, I want to go speed, speed. Now I want to really try to work the edge of this guy, right? It's a lot more space out there on the edge, so I want to go speed, speed, power, speed, right? And so now I'm really getting this guy to sit and sit down. So if it's sit, sit, sit down in it when I go power. I want to really stop his feet. But but a lot of guys, what a lot of guys don't realize on the, on the power step is I want to gain, I want to still gain ground and make him think that I'm going inside. The same thing as a three take. You just have more space now. But I really want my guy to make make him think that I'm going inside because a lot of offensive linemen are thinking that guys are going to take their inside route, their inside move, right? So you got to know that you got a three technique to you, but also too some in some defenses. I remember in, in college, we if we were three tech, we had the three the two way go. All right, so with the meaning we could take the a gap if it's open. So, excuse me, if I'm an in again, I'm, I'm two yards out, power tilted. I'm going speed, speed, power, speed. So once I go power, I'm, I'm hoping he shift his weight. If he don't. If his shoulder, if he keeps kicking and his shoulder turn, I want to take that inside move on, on that power step, right? And that goes back to that goes back to my move. Where are my eyes? I have to be able to recognize and see when his shoulders are turned. Is he staying square? Is he is he is he still kicking on the forty five? All those details. 
They matter in a rush. They, they matter in a rush. Have this guy giving me hands yet? A lot of times, where a lot of guys mess up, especially on the end, they throw, they throw their hands, and the guy haven't even given you hands. Right? If a guy don't give me hands, I'm going, especially if I'm, atta- I'm attacking, I'm attacking his third now, I'm going right into long arm. His hands are down, his chest is open, I'm going right into long arm. And if he does do it, and if he does sit it down and give me hands, now I'm going to club outside or I can counter wheel inside. Hopefully I'm at the level of the quarterback on the, on the counter and, and I can make an easy set. Yeah, that's a great point there. I, um, you're talking about how, and, and I see this all the time on the high school level, that these guys get so anxious that they come out and they look like a hibachi chef chopping their hands and doing all this stuff. And, uh, and the offensive lineman just – is just sitting back looking at them, right? Just watching them. Cause it is a, it is kind of a game of chicken. Who's going to, who's going to be the last one to flash their hands, right? Or who's going to be the first one. It kind of reminds me of um, John Wooden, the, uh, the UCLA basketball coach uh, had, a, has a quote for, for his guys that, that, that uh, he would say is you want to be quick, but not in a hurry. And I think that's a really good way to, to put it for defensive ends is you want to be quick and get off the ball and have a plan. But also, you know, you, you, like you talk, like you're talking about, you're trying to do things to get those hands to flash, but you also you, you got to wait and 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 be able to be patient enough to to make him flash his hands and then have a plan if he doesn't. Sure, and I I think you know um, you can force a guy to give you hands, right? And I talked about the space, right? If I'm if I'm attacking you now, and a lot of guys I think where a lot of ears mess up is they run upfield, they they round it, they bow it. Instead of attacking their guy, and force it. if a guy get right up on you, it's just uh, I think of passers as a fight. If a guy get right in your face, right? You're not going to just not throw your hands. Does that make sense? And so when, when I'm if I'm teaching a defensive end, I want to go and attack the guy. I don't want to run from him and hope he gives me hands because again, what you're doing now is you may be helping that, that three technique out just a little bit because you, you're opening that space up, but also too. You're hurting yourself and you're hurting the defense because again, what all the guys want to do is you if you're around it and you're bowing, what you're gonna do is you're gonna find yourself as a quarterback, which a lot of defense units find themselves. But if I'm attacking that guy, I'm attacking the angle, right? I'm attacking that third, I'm attacking the angle. Now I'm forcing the guy to give me hands. So now when, when he throws, I can cut him off and I can and I can throw hands and I can go in and I can make that finish. Uh you, you already mentioned your the the drill you do with your guys. Um, that's kind of a progression drill with the, with the hurdles, um, working on that first step and shin angles. What are some of your other uh, favorite drills that you like to use uh, when when coaching pass rush? I, I listen to Coach uh, uh, Patrick Tony. I believe I believe he's the DC at uh, Florida, mm-hmm. um, and he talked about he talked about doing uh, low impact drills right? because you want to take care of your guys. And so, uh, just a couple of low impact drills. I truly believe this before before we get started that. As a, especially as a defensive line coach, you got to be active, right? And so that if that's you getting in shape, if that's you, whatever, whatever you have to be active because you have to show your guys what you want, what you want them. So I mean, I, I, I mean, I look at Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson's not a young guy. He's a guy who demonstrates still to this day. I got a story for you, real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt you, uh, and Go I think ahead. I've told this podcast. So Coach Johnson was recruiting. We had a couple of DNs a, a few years ago who were you know, pretty, pretty highly tatted recruits. So I, I, I come into the office or come down to the field house one day and our head coach says, hey, Larry Johnson's in the office. Will you go talk to him and, and, and meet him? And I'm like, of course, like this, this, you know, 
And so we go in there and we start talking. And before you know it, we got the chairs pushed back and we're going through a hand fighting progression uh, right there in the coach's office. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm kind of thinking like, okay, we're just going to do this for a minute or two. And he goes through the whole deal of like, you know, and I'm sure y'all, you know, you probably do some variation of this. We're doing a whole hand fighting deal. You know, meanwhile, other coaches from other schools are kind of starting to come in now and they're, they just stop and watch. And so we go through a almost kind of a, a pre-practice routine right there in his office. So, uh, you know, that's just my, my one Larry Johnson. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. No, but I, man, I, I, like I said, I take pride in it. Man. I, I literally, I want to be active. I want to be able to show my guys. If I'm out there sweating up a storm, I don't care. Like, that's, that's just the passion in me to do that. So, excuse me. But just one low-impact drill, you can do this in this one. I know guys, this is where some coaches don't realize you can steal time in between. I mean, some most time D-linemen are not on special teams. They're not on punt. They're not on kickoff. And those are the times that when it's – if you really realize, sometimes special teams be 10, 15 minutes. You can steal three indies, four drills, whatever that is, in those little times. And so – uh, something that, that, that I that I started doing while I was in Arkansas, just doing special teams is, uh, I call it the walk-back drill. So I, what I would do, I do two crayons. And the guy, one thing that it's working on is working on the eyes, right? It's training the hands and it's working the hips. So eyes, hands, hips, and, and then obviously the feet work, right? So it's working all three of those. So what it is, I probably walk back like 10 yards. So God just keeps his feet moving. He's keeping them buzzing. And when I throw hands, he got to see the hands. And we may, the first one we may be working is double swipe. So what you got to work on is, one, get that inside gun hand and then working on the cup with the outside hand. But also, too, what a lot of guys fail to do is get behind me, on, on get behind my hip on me, right? So when they throw, I got to throw. I got to get my front foot down. I got to get my back leg through. And I got to get behind. I got to get the, the, the player have to get behind me of, of my hip, right? So it's just practicing and working on you actually getting behind the offensive lineman's hip. Right, so again, and then you go back and you go back to the middle. So you get you work the move to, to whatever you go left and then you go right, but you want to work, you want to get back to the middle of that, okay? And so then we may work cross chop. So we may work cross chop to the left. You got to get back to the middle, cross chop to the right, but you continue to stay active. And then also, too, what it's teaching me is I'm staying up, I got my hands up, I, got, I keep my hands up in the fight, I never drop my hands, I'm staying active with my feet. My feet never stop. My hands never go dead. And when I throw, I'm getting back active. So what also, too, what it teaches me when I get back to the middle is, hey, I may miss or I may I may win, but the guy may be a really good offensive He may recover on me. I got to keep my hands active. I got to stay active. So that's one drill is low impact. You go one line doing that. Um, you walk back about 10 yards with the crayons. You know, the little arm shields. If somebody don't know what crayons is, I call them crayons. But it's the little arm shields. Um, and, and, and hey, I sometimes if a guy think that if you want to get real live, I'll throw hands in there and not do it with crayons so the guy can get real live gamers. I think it's a very important thing for me to do things that you're going to see in the game. So obviously, I, I do the crayons because you know, these some big old boys, they, they're not going to keep beating them on, right? But, um, but I do want to give my guys live reps and something that you're going to actually see. You're going to see guys shoot his hands at you at some point. You got to be able to react and, and get his hands off of you and use your hands, right? So that's one drill and it's low impact. And then the next one is you're going to go back to the hurdles, right? So we talked about 
you know, the rebound and then the three-point sense. So I want to do, use that same three-point sense with the hurdle, but I want to tilt, right? I want to work, you can work this as a for three techs or the end. So what Coach Early, what I've learned from Coach Early is for the three technique side, I want to scoot that hurdle up just a little bit because remember, you're not going to have all this space, right? So I want to scoot that hurdle up on the trash can. So I want to get two hurdles. I want to get two trash cans or like two trash can barrels and then two cones. And what I want to do is I want to work on the speed to power back to speed, right? And so how you do it is I want to tilt that, I want to tilt that uh that hurdle towards the burrow, right? I want to go about just say this for D tackles, I want to go about two yards, two yards, you know, I'm gonna go about three yards out, three yards out, and then I want to tilt that cone towards, I mean, I want to tilt that hurdle towards the burrow. So now I can work on being a little tilted, okay, and attacking the burrow. The burrow. And I, and I tell you guys, when you're going through drills, think that these are real people, right? When we're going through pass rush, we're in 909, Indy, whatever it is. I say, when you get your get off and we're doing pass rush, imagine that hurdle is in front of you every time. Every time I say, hey, the hurdle in front of you, the hurdle in front of you. So now the boy's not taking those short steps when they're, getting, when they're having to get off. But anyways, I want to work on that first get off, right? I want to work on that first step of my get off, right? Replacing that down hand is going to great get off, having great shin angles. Then that cone, what the cone is there for, is for my power step. Because I want to work on gaining ground, making that guy shift his weight inside, and then coming back out with my hands. I'm coming back out with my feet, right? But also to the burrow is there so that I can go double swipe around the burrow, keep my hips tight to the fight, stand tight to the burrow, but also to the burrow is teaching me to keep turning my toe towards the quarterback so I can flip my hips and get around so I can turn the corner and turn the hoop, right? So it's just a small, if you think about it, it's a smaller hoop what the borough is doing for me, right? And so sometimes what I do is um, about a yard inside and then about three yards up from the borough, I'll put a, I'll put a pop up there. So that now, again, going back to the finish, right? We can work on that reach of the quarterback and change the game, right? So I want to put, I want to make sure my guys are in full game mode when they're in practice so that when they get in the game, it ain't nothing new that they saw. So when they hit the speed, speed, power, speed, back around and then reach, change the game, everybody in the, everybody in the in the building, in our building, know that they've been doing, they've been working. It's just become game time, right? So that, so that's kind of, that, that's kind of the biggest thing as far as, as far as that drill, right? And then going back to low impact drill, so the side scissors progression, okay? And so what I want to do is I want to partner up. So you got, obviously you got 10 guys. I want to go, I want to, go, I want to partner up. So I want to go defense on one side, offense on the other side. And so what we're doing is we're just working. The first thing we're working is the cup, the outside cup, okay? So I'm just working the cup on the outside, and that's all I'm working, okay? So the, the, the offense guy, he's just shooting his hand, shooting his outside hand. And that guy, the, the defense guy, is just working on his eyes, getting getting to the, the elbow so I can cut, and I'm kind of leaning my shoulder to how I would be actually doing with my double swipe, okay? The next progression, so we have flip guys, they do the same thing. The next progression is, now I'm just working the inside. So getting that gun in the inside hand, getting that gun in. So you go about three reps, get that inside hand, get the inside hand. Then, okay? The last thing is, now we're putting it all together. So now I've worked the cup. Now I've worked the inside, getting the gun hand. So now we're going to, on the third rep, we're going to finish.
is just how we did on the borough. And so all of the drills are going to tie in together. Okay, all the drills are going to tie in. When we put it all together, it's, it's going to all make sense. So when you're doing the borough, it's the same thing you're doing when you're doing Florida. Okay, all the drills are going to tie in together. So those are my three, those are three local drills. Those are some drills that you can really do in between special teams, start a practice, or right before pass rush. Right, I know some guys. Some people have their their practice trips to where they're doing pass rush drills, or they have indie doing pass rush during that indie right before one on ones or nine on nine or or even team blitz or something like that. So those are three just low impact drills. Guys probably been tired after teams, but you can work something low impact that you can work with your guys and and, and make it make it efficient. Yeah, and the one thing I really like about those is the fact that you talked about they're they're low impact. So. I can do them now, uh, you know, as with us high school coaches in Texas, we have, sure. we have time uh, a lot of to us by the UIL after school to work on uh, position specific stuff. So that's stuff that kids can work year round, um, which I think is something that really is important for guys to do, you know, quarterbacks and receivers and, you know, they're always out there throwing and that's what I always get on, you know, uh, when, when our, we get D linemen out there trying to play seven on sevens, they do get over there and work your hand progression you know, and sure. things that you're actually going to do. I mean, yeah, you can get out there and throw a little bit, but that's all stuff that they can do uh, throughout the season, especially, uh, you know, in the middle of the season to, and still keep themselves healthy. Well, when you are, um, when you're, when you're looking at uh, watching videotape of, um, of, of opposing quarterbacks and, and deciding how you're going to attack those guys, what are some things you're looking at, especially when, you know, you're, you're facing an opposing quarterback who is a threat to run the ball and then, how does that change when the quarterback is more of a pocket passer and, you know, maybe less of a threat to run? So what are things, what are some things you're looking at telling your guys when you're, when you are breaking down an opposing quarterback? Sure. So um, when, even when, even now at U of H and I did it at Arkansas, um, we, we kind of did like a, a quarterback breakdown. So I want to know how many times, where he have rolled, right? So where, where is he comfortable rolling? So obviously sometimes right-handed quarterbacks, they're comfortable rolling to the right, right? So that so now we're talking about some kind of schematic things to where we may see some some pressures that are forcing the roll left, right? Force him out of his comfort zone a little bit. But also too, um, something that I that I like to do is when it comes to when it comes to running quarterbacks, I want to close the pocket. I want to make this guy. I want, I want to have trains are very important. I think that's something especially in, at the high school level, even at the college level that D linemen struggle at is, is standing there restaurants. Right. So if I'm the end, I gotta I gotta know upfield shoulder. Always upfield shoulder. Okay. So when you see a guy, when you see Lamar Jackson, you see a guy resting his edge, right? He rolls out of there. Nine times out of ten, that defensive end didn't go to his upfield shoulder. That makes sense. And and when it comes to the three technique or the inside guy, okay, we know we gotta get to the front foot of the quarterback. I want to press the pocket to the front foot of the quarterback. That's my rush lane. That's my rush spot. And I have to and I have to get to that. And I have to get to that spot. All right. So when you when we did over the running quarterback again, both in the pocket, rush lanes are very, very important because when one guy's out of their rush lane, that guy's gone. Because you have to say you got some really great edge guys who's at the at the level of the quarterback, upfield shoulder, can't roll out. When get guess what he's gonna do now if you got a three technique who's out there with the end, right? What's going to happen? He's going to roll up. He's going to scramble. He's going to just. He's going to. He's going to scoot up and, and shuffle up and, and roll out. All right. Um, I talked about a few shoulder with the running. Those are two 
very important things that you got to harp on. You're playing a guy like Lamar or somebody of that sort. You have to really harp on closing the pocket, really harp on guys staying in their rush lanes, as, 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 especially your ends. It's like the rollout, right? And then obviously stand up for your shoulder as the end. These are very important, but also too closing that pocket. So I want to, so I want to practice if I'm in three technique or, uh, or even my ends that week. If you play rush quarterback, I want to make that guy throw out of a tunnel or try to run out of a little tunnel. So I want to work long arms, anything. Sometimes I'm really not a big bull rush guy, but if we have to go to it, but I want to try to practice on long arms. And now where I'm closing that guy closing that guy's space to where if he try to step up, I can counter wheel inside and I can go and make a sack. I seen Rashawn Gary hit a, a really nice long one counter wheel um in the playoff game. And so that's that's what closing the pocket is. When it comes to a pocket passer, I want to still try to close that pocket, but I want to make this guy throw out of a tunnel. I want to make this guy throw in very uncomfortable situations. Right. So I want to put pressure on him. I want to make this guy do, do everything that's very uncomfortable, uncertain form. Right, so when you got a guy who's just sitting back there and it goes to this, this is why transitioning into the one move to the next move to the next move is important because when you're stopping and you're looking, that guy's very comfortable back there. Because all O'Lyman doing is just replacing his hands, replacing his feet, and he's just mirroring you. Right, you see O'Lyman practice that in Indy all the time, just mirroring that guy because you are what they're focused on. Okay, and so I tell guys all the time, we have to stay active with our rush and continuously. Um, rush in every in every way, keeping our hands moving, keeping our feet going, matching the hand, all those things matter. So, uh, again, for pocket passes, uh, make them feel uncomfortable, make them throw out of a tone and it's closing the pocket, making them step up so we can go in, especially for our ends, we can, we can, uh, long one, we can counter wheel, all right? Match the hand. So, when ball come up, uh, I listened to a guy um, at the at the coach convention. I can't think of his name right now, uh, but he talked he talked about hand, uh, the clip off the grenade. So when you see that quarterback hand come off the ball, that's when it's time to match the hand. I want to match. It. So if that quarterback is a right handed thrower, I want to match with my left hand. Right, you'll bat a lot of balls. You'll get a lot of tip balls, and then obviously we can, we can create turnovers with those takeaways. I'm sorry, takeaways. Right, uh, but those three things again. Uh, make them feel uncomfortable, match the head, and uh, throw out, and make them throw out of the tunnel. Well, Coach, yeah, you, and, and I think, uh, you know, you're talking, you hit the nail on the head there, talk about, uh, you know, facing uh, dual-threat quarterbacks, that rush lanes are, are key, and having those aiming points for those guys to rush at. And then, you know, uh, and then sometimes it's, it's almost, I'll say the opposite. You always want to maintain your rush lanes with those pocket passers. It's almost you, you'd like to get them moving off their spot and moving and throwing on the sure. run and throwing against their body and, and doing things that make them uncomfortable. So it really, if you boil it down to it, whatever you find out what your quarter, the quarterback is good at and try to keep him from doing those things and make him as uncomfortable back there as possible. And, and uh, you know, all those things you talk about matching his hand and, and uh, getting, you know, getting knocked downs and things like that. Well, coach, we're going to uh, wrap up our conversation today with a rapid fire segment for you. And I put you under the gun a little bit. So uh, what do you say? Yes. You, you, you ready to get after it? I'm with it. I'm with it. Let's get All it. right. Well, here we go. All right, Coach. So we've already, you've already alluded to some of these, but who is your favorite uh, NFL pass rusher to study? Uh, I would say both of the Bosa brothers. Elite 
they are elite. I'm talking about when you talk about technique, when you talk about details, elite. You want to watch some really good pass rushes? I watched, I watched one of the, I can't think, I'll be getting confused, but one of the Bosa brothers were going through, you know, you come out for, for pregame, he's out there by yourself. He was going through his steps, you know, and, and, and visualizing himself getting off the ball against an actual person. Like that was amazing to me. I I, I want to. I really want my guys to go out in pregame and practice and visualize themselves making moves, having a great get off, using their hands. And so when they when they get in the game and do it, it won't be. It's nothing new to them. So the Bosa brothers, man, they, they are they are elite. They are top of the line, study guys. No, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, best player you played against, either in high school or college. Best player you ever played against. Best player I played. If you, if you had to throw out a couple names, that's fine. I understand that could be kind of tough. Oh, man, I would say uh, I think Derrick King was 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 great. Derrick King was great. Uh, you know, it, it was a little beat for you of age when I was in college, but I think he was a, was a really really great really great guy in um, in college. Uh, did you get any pressure? Did you, you get any pressure on Derrick King? Yeah, that would that could be kind yes, of sir. yes, sir. I, I I was always leading against you. That, that was a game we were hard. I, I always said, listen, I only lost one game in your major college. I'm I'm good. Uh, but also too, Devin Bush was in me. Obviously, he's a he was a, on the other side of the ball. But we played Michigan. Devin Bush is probably one of the best linebackers I've ever seen in my life. Um, he played for Michigan, man. He he was elite. Yeah, it's it's funny you talked about the rivalry there, and I, I was going to ask you this. You know, there's a rivalry in high in Texas high school football between Houston and Dallas, and that's kind of been yeah. played out the last few years in the in the six A game with 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 Duncanville and North Shore, um, and and so it's just interesting. And I don't want to get you in trouble because you are in Houston and and you're oh, good. a kid. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a a pass on that. But I know you. I know if we, if we were to turn this this recorder off, you'd have some opinions. Uh, on Dallas versus Houston, but I'll let you keep those to yourself for now and uh, let you off the hook. Okay, we, we talked about this season, this past season with Arkansas. What was the most memorable moment or game from this past season? Uh, probably, uh, I would say probably the the AM game to, for me was special. It, it just, it, it hit me different. Um, and the reason why I say it is because it, it felt like at that moment we were like number eight in the country and, and all those things. But, uh, you know, for a moment, literally we won a game. I sat for a minute and thought about where I was a year ago and where I was, you know, two years ago. When I, when I got out of college, bro, I was in – I lived with my brother, Simon and the air managers. Didn't know what I was going to do in my life. You know what I'm saying? And now um, – you know, just following God's plan. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's why I said earlier, it's it's amazing, you know, what God can do in your life. And, and you know, he's, he's, he's working in mind for sure. You know, and the story is just beginning. So that was, um, it just was amazing. Because we had a lot more crazy games. But it's just at that moment, something just kind of took over me in that, in that, in that situation. Yeah, that, that was a great game for sure. Okay, uh, here, here's one for you. Uh, you bet you're going out to eat, uh, whether it's in Houston, Dallas. Uh, w w if you had these to, to pick between these two choices, which would you choose, barbecue or Tex Mex? Oh, probably, 
I'm not gonna lie. I'm still confused on the whole text mix thing and what. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not a big uh, like like taco mix, like Mexican food type of eater. I'm not that type of. I'm not a big eater. I'm more like some meats, you know. But I probably choose barbecue though. Barbecue. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Well, so I guess with Tex-Mex, it's like it's Mexican food with kind of more of an American spin on it or a Texas spin, like a. You gotcha. Know, okay. That's okay. that's kind of the uh, the difference there. Um, and and there's there's some I'm sure Mexican food or Tex-Mex enthusiasts who are screaming at me right now because I, I they, they think I butchered that. But uh, bar, have you found a barbecue spot in in Houston? If not, I have a recommendation for you. What's the name of it? Uh, Pinkerton's. I, I, you know, we were we were literally at at breakfast and somebody said that exact name. I, I got to try now. So uh, um, actually, I had um, AJ Blum uh, is the co- D line coach at Katy. Uh, he sure. actually he actually was Ed Oliver's D line coach at the University of Houston, uh, but he recommended that. And uh, and then actually, when we were at coaching school this this summer, we went and and ate at, ate at the one there in San Antonio. But I guess the one in Houston, for sure, they and this may not be your thing, but they use uh, he uses the 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 grease from the brisket goes into their icing for their cinnamon rolls i mean it's like something now i don't know if that's like supposed to make it you know maybe that's a maybe that's a t- look on it at your face maybe that's a turn off for you but i can yeah you 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 might just mess it up yeah hey just don't get don't get the cinnamon <laughs> don't get the cinnamon rolls but the barbecue is legit i can i can uh, attest to that i actually haven't had a cinnamon roll all right here's another question for you i need your help on this you're you're a younger coach um i'm not I, wherever i've been um, I've always just, I, I don't know why, uh, I've, I've been like the music guy at practice, the music guy in the weight room, and I try to pride myself on staying relevant with the kids, although I do tend to default back to uh, to like um, mid-90s, early 2000s Houston rap, just because that's oh, yeah. in my wheelhouse, you know. Um, sure. But uh, I do, like I said, I like to I like to pride myself in, today, I, uh, one of the kids was playing music, I said, hey, send me that song, you know, I like it, whatever. So g- g- give me some uh, give me some music recommendations to to throw on to uh, to spice up the uh, the ox cord for uh, for off season workouts. What you got? Well, I think that every kid in this generation loves Young Boy, NBA Young Boy. Okay, so yeah, you, I got you that. Yeah, I some you days at practice I'll play a whole playlist of just him, and they're like, Coach, 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 that's it right there. And I, but y'all, y'all just want to listen to him the whole the whole practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, young boy, right. he, he, yeah. I can I say you listen to young boy, you you kind of violent. No, but uh, uh, young boy, uh, Gunner, Gunner, so G U N N A, uh, little baby. I mean, these these are just kind of like some mainstream artists that a lot of like I guess their generation listening to. Uh, Rod Wave is really big in this generation. Um. That's some people I can just think of off the top of my head right now. Yeah, so. you you give me some stuff to go check out. And again, I'm familiar with with two of of the four that you mentioned, so I I don't feel like um, I'm too too far out of touch. <laughs> I, I do yeah. fight. I, I have to fight myself every day of of because I you know you gotta you gotta throw you gotta throw some of the oh just so that but yeah because. Exactly, because I do tell them, I say, hey, y'all listen to your stuff all the time. I'm just trying to, like, expose you to some other eras. It's not even like I'm out here playing some George Strait, although I'm not above that. But, like, you know, I'm just trying to, like, I'm trying to 
deepen your uh, appreciation of, sure. of the kind of music you're listening to. Anyway, all right, so there we go. That those, my the guys here will be appreciative of the uh, of those recommendations for sure. All right, uh, last question here, and this is the toughest one. You mentioned being a Cowboys fan. Uh, we're headed into the off season here. Or we're in the off season here with these with the Cowboys. Um, how do you fix the Cowboys? It's hard. Or do, it's do we need to do a whole other podcast episode just on that topic? No, 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 no. I, I think I think it's hard doing the whole thing like, oh, just fix the culture. Uh, because I think it's NFL. I, I'm not, I've never been at the NFL level. I've never coached at the NFL level, but I don't. I suspect that it's not the same as college, obviously. Um, I think. The Cowboys just have to learn to have grit. If that makes sense, like learn how to just turn it on and realize what they have and winning in clutch moments. Um, but also, too, what I really realize is that even at the highest level, everybody doesn't know situation of football. Situation of football is so big. I remember going to Coach Morrison. Coach Morrison is a super crazy situation of football coach. Super crazy football, situation with football coach. Um, and, I mean, obviously, some situations you can't prepare for, but, man, that showed me, like, hey, if you're not teaching – I, I talk about it all the time. Like, I was going back to one of your questions about, you know, something that some guys lack. I think a lot of, especially young guys, just don't know situational football. I'm still learning situational football. All right, and so that's something that I think as a young coach, as a coach in general, as a player – you need to always be trying to learn what to do in these situations. I want to – so, I mean, even Coach Pitt, like, that's something he used to do. He used to do two-minute. He would give us some some of the – one of the weirdest situations. But it's like when you get into a situation, you got to be able to at least know, hey, what we're going to do as a coach. Sometimes this is what people realize. Like, as a coach, you get into some crazy things. Like, oh, I've never seen this before, right? But – um, situation football, I think that's that's something they need to get, get better. Everybody needs to get better. You know, I was watching the uh, I don't know if you've seen this the the Tom Brady documentary, Man in the Arena. Um, yeah. and and he was. I, 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 what, what is that? What is that on? I gotta watch it. Yeah, it's on. Like I have Hulu. It's on Hulu. Um, I'm sure it may be streaming somewhere else too, but it's or ESPN Plus. I think is it's on there. But um, anyway, he talked about he was talking about one of the Patriots teams that won a Super Bowl, and he said we were tough. We were smart and we performed under pressure. And I thought, you know what? I don't know if you can say any of those things about the Cowboys. Um, I, I do think, I, I don't know if necessarily toughness is an issue, but I don't know how smart they are. Kind of like what you talked about with situational football and, you know, performing under pressure. That's always been their issue. Um, and it really hadn't, I mean, that's, that's been really even, you know, despite whoever the coach is, but um, as you, you talked about the, the, um, you know, screwing up situational football and not being very smart, that to me, that does fall on the coach, um, you know, to a large degree because someone at the top is not very detail-oriented. Uh, if they <laughs> were, their guys would be t- detail-oriented. But anyway, uh, I don't want to jump too far down that rabbit hole. Some changes oh, yeah. have been made. Um, you know, maybe it's at the top with the head coach. Um, I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, I, I, you know, those are decisions that are going to be made by dudes that that are way above our pay grade. So we'll we'll let the, we'll let them make those. But coach, uh, sure. just I really appreciate you coming on and and talking with us today. 
And uh, so, so uh, happy for you and want to wish you the best of luck uh, at the University of Houston and uh, uh, best of luck the rest of this offseason. Uh, thank you for having me on. Appreciate Coach Gary for stopping by and talking with us today. Hey, make sure you follow him on Twitter uh, at Coach D Gary and let him know you heard him here on KYPD. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter as well. You can find us at KYPD Podcast. Hey, and if you have ideas for future episodes, you can definitely let us know by either DMing us on Twitter or sending us an email to kypdpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're a fan of the show, then let everybody else know by leaving a five-star rating and a review and help us spread the word about our podcast here. Our quote of the day goes like this. Today's actions are what influence tomorrow's outcomes. And that's a wrap for this episode of KYPD. Make sure you subscribe now so you never miss an episode. And join us right back here for a brand new episode next week. It's going to be really special. Really looking forward to that one. Until then, have a great week. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Hey, and remember, Valentine's Day is the next day. So don't screw that up, guys. And finally, as you go throughout your day, here are four simple words to live by. What are they, Coach Gary? Keep your pads down.